Hello, beautiful beings, and welcome to today's episode of the Plant Lady Podcast. I am your host, Bella Griffin, and today I welcome on to the podcast space Sarah Goff, who is a licensed clinical social worker and holistic therapist. Sarah has been in the field of mental health for over 10 years, and in today's episode, she really dives into all of the mindful ways that we can show up for ourselves, our emotions, and finding the right therapist for us. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive in. Enjoy. Hello, beautiful beings. Thank you for being here. So grateful to welcome on Sarah today into this space. Thank you so much for being here. How are you? Thank you. I am so wonderful. So excited to be here. Um, I am such a fan of your podcast. So when this opportunity was presented to me, I, I had to take it. So thank you for, for offering that to those who are, who are loyal listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that you are now becoming a guest on this podcast as someone who listened to the podcast. That is literally like, ah, oh, thank you so much. Like, I'm so <laughs> grateful for your support and to now be able to welcome you on the space. And I love that you even shared that because I think that for some people, it really is quite intimidating to, you know, take this step to share your voice and to share who you are and your truth. But when you do take that step, it's so liberating. And I, that's what this space is for. I mean, it's not like we have to be, you know, really famous people with all this, this and that, and like all these extra things and labels and whatever it is, it's like, we can just come on as human beings and share real conversations. And I know that that will touch the hearts of listeners everywhere. Well, I felt like my what I was called to say on your podcast really resonates with just everything going on right now with my mm. expertise and and what I do for a living so it just it really felt authentic and it and it really worked out so yeah I'm so excited thank you so excited to do this with you you're so welcome and with that being said let's go ahead and just dive into you telling us a little bit about who you are what is the work that you do who is Sarah Goff <laughs> okay um so yes my name is Sarah Goff. Um, and there's, there's many, many hats, many things that I do. Um, I am a wife. I've been married. We're celebrating nine years this year, which is super exciting. Um, I have two children who are just everything and the opportunity to be, um, part of their human experience and just to watch them grow has been, um, been amazing. But as far as what I do, professionally, um, I am an LCSW. I am a licensed clinical social worker. Um, so I am a clinical psychotherapist and that's why with just everything going on in the world right now and the huge mental health upswing, which has been really nice, um, and very refreshing. I think that's why I felt called to come on to your podcast. Um, so how I got into the work that I do. So I started out, I graduated with a degree in dietetics. Um, I got my undergrad from Purdue in dietetics and I started working at a social work organization and I was the dietitian there. So I was brought on to help the clients there just live better, longer, happier, healthier lives. Um, in addition to all of the mental health treatment that they were getting because the spiritual body and the physical body very much do go hand in hand. So I was there to more help with the physical aspects. Um, being a therapist was not something that was ever on my radar. It was not something that I ever thought about as a career path. Um, but when I started working for this social work organization, um, it is community mental health. And I saw, I met the therapist, saw the work that they were doing, and I knew I wanted to get my master's in something. I, I figured either um, medical nutrition therapy or food chemistry. But then when I got into the social work world, I, I realized, okay, this, this is what, this is what my calling is. This is what my heart wants to do. And because I have the background in dietetics, I can work with eating disorders, which is something that a lot of therapists don't, they don't touch. Like they don't know what to do with that. It's a huge need in the community that I live in. 
Um, and just because, like I said, the physical body and the spiritual body do go hand in hand. So that is something that I have expertise in both. Um, so I got my master's degree while I was um, working full-time as a dietitian. Um, you know, got married, had two kids, all in this, that, that span of like three years. Um, so that was, that was a lot. Um, but it's just, it's been amazing ever since. Um, and I have been um, practicing for quite a few years now. And it has just, I don't know, just enriched my life. And, and I just feel happy that I, I get to wake up every day and, and, and this is what I do. And it just, it just feels natural. I love it. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. And I think it's so incredibly divine that in the last episode that I recorded, um, I had a sister come on who talked about coaching and we kind of talked about the difference between therapy and coaching. And now I'm having you, a holistic therapist, come onto the space. And so I would love for you to just share like what separates your practice from other practices out there. Yes. Okay. I am a clinical psychotherapist. Um, and I, because of my background in dietetics and because of just who I am as a person, I very much gravitated towards like the very holistic interventions, which I understand therapy in itself is kind of a holistic intervention, but it, there's different things that I, that I personally do different things that I specialize in. Um, so I think what separates me from other traditional therapists, and it's, it's so funny that you asked that because I literally just had this conversation with a client last night and it was interesting because she was able to give me insight. She had been in therapy most of her lives, most of her life, excuse me. It didn't, um, it wasn't really effective. And we were kind of able to have that conversation. You know, why is this now this type of the therapy that I'm doing effective for you? So I think what separates me is I approach therapy as an opportunity to connect with an individual. Um, I know a lot of therapists come and they try to correct the individual and they give very stale, clinical, very vague therapy. Like, how does that make you feel? Like, I would never ask someone, <laughs> how does that make you feel? I would never do that. So I, I view therapy as an opportunity to connect with someone. And I was explaining it to this, this client in particular. To me, therapy is the therapist and the client showing up into a space, a very sacred space, because I do take my bonds and the relationships that I have with my clients. I, I, that is very sacred to me. So we show up to this space together and I hold up a mirror. I am a mirror of you. And I truly believe that we are all just mirrors of each other. And I am there holding up a mirror. I am not here to correct you. I am not here to gatekeep. I am not here to do anything other than hold up a mirror for you, a non-judgmental mirror, and just bounce, bounce things off of. I'm here, I'm as a person that I am here as a person that you can bounce ideas off of. You know, I will parent things, parrot things back to you. Um, maybe get some, you know, evidence-based interventions, you know, some CBT and stuff in there. Um, I specialize in mindfulness-based cognitive behavioral therapy. So that's more of like radical acceptance. I just truly believe that when I am in that sacred space and that sacred bond with a client, um, when they show me their true colors, I'm not going to come in there and change them. I'm not going to change your picture. You are who you are. And I honor that. And I love that. And let's figure out how, whatever is going on with you, like how, how can we make that work? If this is how you are, and this is the situation that has presented itself, if this is the phase of your life that you are in, how can we make that match? And I'm not here showing up as another individual. I'm here showing up as a mirror. And I think that that is what makes me different. Um, is that approach to it. And then another thing that makes me different is I do enjoy um, utilizing tarot cards, um, oracle cards, essential oils, Florida water. Um, 
I'm going to ask about your nutrition. You know, what are you putting into your body? What are you fueling your mind with? What are you fueling your physical body with? That is 100% going to affect your mental health and, and the way that you process things. You know, how much water are you drinking? I want to know about your menstrual cycle. What, what uh, day are we on? How does this affect our moods and our hormones and just the chemicals in our body and like what's going on? Um, I'm also Reiki level two certified. So I do incorporate Reiki as well in my practice, obviously, if, if a client is with me, like in a, in a physical sense, or even a medical physical, metaphysical sense, we can still do that. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's what makes me different. I, I don't know any other therapists in my community who, who do that. So I, I think that's why I'm, I'm sought out. Oh, I love that. So many little light bulbs went off in my head as you were sharing. And one of the first ones was, you saying, you know, I'm not here as a gatekeeper. And I think that that terminology is so like that hit a heart chord for me because in this day and age, um, there is a lot of inconsistent practices, beings out there practicing that have led to experiences of my own of feeling like, you know, this person is on this hierarchy and I am like praising them because they're labels that our ego can kind of attach to as, you know, perfection or um, a hero or someone you look up to. I said that to my patient last night. I said, I think the difference is I am not presenting myself as an authority figure to you. I'm going to come sit in the mud with you. I'm mm -hmm. going to sit right next to you. Hold your, I am right there next to you it's always been interesting to me like there's there's this natural like you said hierarchy in this position of power and unfortunately i i do know several therapists who abuse that and mm -hmm. that's that's not okay and i think that's why um so many clients have like their therapy abuse like that mm -hmm. that is a thing and and i'm sorry if you experience that and and that is a thing and unfortunately that does happen i wish more therapists would be able to let go of their ego and just be like, Hey, we're, we're going to sit here together as a team. Mm -hmm. And it's that, that simple phrase of me too. It's just those two simple words that can really change someone's life experience to be like, Oh wait, what? I'm not alone in this. Yeah. And as a, as a, as a therapist, um, I do share a lot of personal struggles. I, if, if it's appropriate. And I think that's mm -hmm. a huge thing. If it's appropriate, if I know a client who is really struggling with something and they feel so alone, I think that is an appropriate time for me to kind of step forward and be like, Hey, I, you know, I was there too. Like, I get it. I understand you are, you are valid. Like this, this is, this is actually happening to you and it hurts. And I feel like, um, old school therapy, uh, you don't do that. Like you don't share mm -hmm. any, mm -hmm. anything about yourself. You share nothing. Yeah. How does that make you feel? You don't share anything about yourself. And I, and I feel like so many therapists miss out on this amazing, wonderful connection that they can have with their clients because they don't share personally. Mm. Yeah, stemming off from that, another light bulb that came up for me when you first initially shared was, yeah, how could we not associate our mental health with our diet? You know, it seems like it's like so obvious, but it really is just such a big disconnect within our society of us not being able to really connect those two together and realize that what we're fueling our body with, what we're drinking and eating and even consuming on a social level, who we're surrounding ourselves with, what we're watching on TV, how many hours we're on social media, how all of this contributes to our state of being and how if we compare being on our phone for X amount of hours versus being out in nature for X amount of hours, the effect on our mental health is drastic. And yeah, it's so interesting. 1000%. One thing that I, I, um, 
one conversation that I have a lot with my clients is I just really encourage them just be mindful of the content that you consume in the spiritual and physical sense. We have to be aware of what we're putting into our body. And there's just, there's so, so many, um, there are so many evidence-based um, trials and practices that talk all about how to, um, you know, help alleviate symptoms of anxiety and depression. I've gone to seminars about treating bipolar disorder, ADHD, like we could even go that far into how we can help um, manage these disorders in a non-pharmaceutical what, you know, for example, L, L-theanine, you know, one thing I recommend like for my, my clients who struggle with anxiety is 200 milligrams of L-theanine three times a day. You will not believe the studies that there are about L-theanine, which is an amino acid. I mean, it's a, it's a simple supplement that like our body just, our body just needs. And oh my gosh, social media, I could go on for days about social media and, and my clients and just what it does for mental health. So no, just be aware of the content that you are consuming and, and the content, like in every way, shape or form that shows up in your life. Like we, we have to be, have to be aware of that. Yeah, absolutely. And circling back to what I mentioned earlier about, you know, having mentors or maybe therapists or spiritual beings in my life that, you know, gave me, gave me misinformation or things like that. It can also be, that can be translated over into social media as well. Like we put people on pedestals, you know, people have a certain amount of followers and they're automatically God. And I think that that's something that is really dangerous right now to be witnessing on the social media realm is people really allowing to themselves to put other people on a pedestal. And I think that is the the pathway that leads into the depression, the feelings of, you know, low self-esteem or low self-worth. And I share those things because I felt those things. I've experienced those things I've had to in my journey and continue to on my journey you know, make those steps to unfollow people at certain amount of times or take that moment to be that mirror and say, okay, I can, you know, this person having abundance doesn't mean I can't have abundance or like just witnessing those things arise up in myself of jealousy, comparison, competition, overworking, over consuming, over productivity, feeling like I have to post to be relevant. And I think all of those mental health issues, a lot of them do stem from social media. I know in my experience and experiences that other sisters and brothers have shared with me. The whole idea of the, I mean, if you want to get real deep into the psychology, man, the whole (laughs) idea, like the whole idea of the influencer is fascinating to me in mm-hmm. like the mo in like the the scariest way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just it's it's fascinating to me just the whole idea of of the influencer and the and the power that we I think as humans are are sometimes so willing to just give up, just give it away um, with no no context no information, no facts, just here, here you go. And I think that is something that also needs to be addressed, addressed in therapy is, you know, why are we willing to do that? Why is that something that we are willing to, to do? And, and as someone who is also falling into the, or excuse me, fallen into the, the social media trap, what I always try to remind myself is it's not real. None of it's, none of this exists it's not real that the, the, the person that I like, that person doesn't even look like that. That person doesn't even do those things. You know, we get just snippets of, of people's lives through social media. And that has the power to just make our break or our self-esteem and our, and our self-confidence. And I, and I think when that happens, that is a great opportunity for us to look inward and, and just be like, Hey, like, what is going on here? Why is this person like, or this individual that I see just completely wrecking my, 
self-confidence and my self-esteem. Like, what does that mean? What's going on? I think those are great opportunities that the universe gives us to help us grow and to understand, you know, a little more behind our psyche and, and our ego and like, why do we feel this way? And like, what's going on? But when you're in it, it, it hurts. And it, it's, it just, it hurts your heart and you just, you don't understand it. But, and I, that is something that in this day and age, I, I, that comes up a lot in therapy sessions. And that's just something that I try to remind people, like, none of, none of this is real. It's not real. This is something that people like follow, like the whole term followers follow, like the term is followers. Like they are following and it's like what are you following wow (laughs) what a play on words I never even I guess even thought about it like that yes followers not not lead not leaders not interested not human beings followers Mm, mic drop (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I love that and It's so true. It's just a small snippet of their lives. And even as someone who tries to show up on the platform very rarely, but very authentically and try to share my, you know, real raw shit that I go through in a very vulnerable way, I still think about it sometimes like this, the amount of times that like what Instagram sees is literally maybe 20% of my life. And some people think that they know me in and out. They know my my whole entire identity because they saw my Instagram. I'm like, it's only this small fragment of who I am. It's not the whole picture of who I am. We, We see on social media, and this is something I try to remember and, and something I try to remind people of, we see what people want us to see. Mm. Mm -hmm. that's I I, and then and then that can get really deep into the question of well is it authentic like and then there can be that whole authenticity thing but we see what people want us to see when someone you know takes a picture or a selfie or whatever writes a caption and then puts it out there they want us Mm -hmm. to see to see that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think that's as a as a therapist I think that's why it's so interesting to me like the trust that people build on social media to people that they've never even met before. And they're like, mm-hmm. well, they're, they're real and they're this. And I'm like, do you, do you realize you've never seen anything necessarily candid about mm-hmm. this person? Like they, mm-hmm. they, that, that is a, that is a produced content. Mm-hmm. They see, you see what they want you to see. And I think that's, that's a hard concept. And yes, it is, it is so detrimental to, to people's mental health. And especially right now during this, this pandemic and, and everything. And, and I think that's why a lot of people have been really seeking out therapy because there's this trauma, traumas, you know, things are coming up. And I think people eventually get to that point where we're like, okay, like we need, we need to address this. We need to do something. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I, you know, maybe not initially posting or sharing things. Is it like my intention that like, yeah, I want this to be read and seen and like, I want to be loved. And, you know, maybe that's not like my initial thought, but deep down, you're absolutely right. I want to be seen. I want to be remembered. I want to be relevant. (laughs) I want to be, you know, the one that, you know, people read my words and feel resonance with. Yes. And that's such a human thing. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Like as humans, you know, we are creatures of community. We are creatures of connection. Like you just said, I want to be seen. I want to be heard. I want to be loved. I want attention. God damn it. I want attention. (laughs) I want like, I want, I want this to be seen and you know, that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. But when I feel like when we take that like a step further and like, personalize it mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. feel some type of way about it that's when it's like okay maybe maybe this needs to be 
explored. But yeah, I mean, you bet your ass when I know I'm looking good, I'm going to post about it on <laughs> social media because I want to like document this moment. Like you bet your ass I do that. Everybody does that. And like, that's, that's okay. Like we are allowed to do that. We can do that. Mm. It's okay to say, I look good today or I feel good today. And to, and to do something, do something about that. I think there is, you know, the ego can, can sometimes definitely get in the way, but I think the ego can, it can kind of be a fun thing to toy with, to kind of like play with that a little bit and to, it can really, the ego can, can turn into self-confidence and, and reassurance and very much like taking back that, that power. But it's, it's important to, I, I think something that I try to do when I'm, when I'm posting something, I try to ask myself, okay, what, what is the intention of this? What is my intention? And, and whatever my intention is to, to accept that and to be okay with that and to allow myself to, to do that with that intention, no matter what that intention is and accept it and be okay with it, no matter the outcome. Yeah, I feel, you know, a lot of the times I do use the term ego and I want to clarify that when, you know, we say ego, it doesn't automatically equate bad. Like it doesn't, I feel like a lot of times I do use it in a term where it's kind of associated with like this bad thing. Like our ego is so hard on us and this and that, but the ego is a part of our psych for a reason. It's part of our being for a reason. And it is there to protect us. It is there to build that fire. It's our motivation, our inspiration. And there is this incredible side to a well-aware ego that moves with awareness and accountability and integrity. I love that you said that. I love that you just said a well-adjusted ego. It reminded me of two things. I recently met with a client and her girlfriend broke up with her and it, it was just this huge thing. And we've been, you know, processing and dealing with that, you know, and last week we were, we were in the pit of despair. It was not good. And this week she shows up and she's just like, yeah, fuck her. I'm over it. I know I'm the fucking shit. I will find a nut like bye. And I just, I know that I am amazing and I know that I am awesome and I don't need that. And I'm like, queen yes like okay I don't I'm, I'm glad yes. I don't know how we I'm, I'm glad I'm glad we got here I'm glad that like you understand that and she's like I just think I'm fucking awesome and like if she wants to dump me I mean whatever and I'm like yes let's go eat a rice crispy I love that let's let's go do that and then what you said reminded me of another thing so I was I was talking to someone um who's super into astrology and she said what's your man and I said, I'm a Leo moon. And she goes, Oh, Oh God, I'm, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, why are you sorry that I'm a Leo moon? What do you like? What? And she's like, that's like the worst moon to have. Like your ego is probably just out of control. Like you need attention. Like you just, I, that's just, that is a really hard moon to have. And I was like, okay. I'm like, actually, <laughs> I love being a, I love being a Leo moon. Like, yes, there are, there's always going to be that, that ego aspect. I think that's with mo it, I guess any astrological sign, mm -hmm. but I love that. I, I said, actually, I have been through years of therapy and I've, and I've been, I've done, I've done years of shadow work. I've, I've gone through this per huge process personal transformation all throughout my twenties. And I said, I am a well-adjusted, I am a healed Leo moon. Mm. And, and I, and I step into that and I step into that power and, and I love my moon sign Leo. Moon, I mean, I will say that like, we are the, like the most loyal people like Leo, like you want, if you're in some shit, like you're, you're going to want a Leo moon there with you. And I, I like that you, I like that you said that. Cause I do think sometimes the ego can get a bad rap, but like the egos are fun. Like egos can make us like, yeah, they can, you know, cause us to do things. We, you know, maybe I shouldn't have lifted so much weight or maybe I shouldn't have gotten <laughs> into this yoga pose that like clearly I should not have gone into, but the ego also like, it also gives you that feeling of God, I'm fucking awesome. I am great. I look great. 
I feel great. I want everyone to know how great I am today. And like, <laughs> I love, and like, <laughs> I love the ego. Like it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's for protection, but it's also for power. Mm-hmm. I would love for you to share how for listeners out there who maybe have a little bit of fear or a block around opening up and sharing and kind of asking for help. You know, I feel like that's the hard part for a lot of beings everywhere is that first initial step of recognizing that they want or need help and being able to ask for help and take a step towards coming and seeing someone like you. So this is always the first thing that, that a new client says to me you know, hi, my name is Sarah, you know, let's, what's going on? Let's kind of get into this. And the first thing that people always say to me is, I should have done this sooner. I should have come to therapy sooner. I should have, I should have been here five years ago. There's so much right now. I feel so overwhelmed. That's always the first comment that I get. I should have done this sooner. So what I want to remind all the listeners is that everyone is ready at different times. There is no right time to start therapy. The right time is when you feel ready to open that door for yourself. And hopefully you will have a therapist who is there for the connection, who will walk through the door with you. I really hope that for for everyone listening to this. Everybody is ready at different times. Just because something happened five years ago and you're just now ready to talk about it, it's not too late that you, that time, the, the therapy time or whatever has not, has not passed. And like, there's no shame in coming to therapy to talk about something that happened two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Like there's no shame in that. Everybody's ready at different times. And, and I hope that whoever you see, whether it's, you know, me or somebody else is accepting of that and, and willing to walk with you when you are ready to walk. You have to meet yourself where you are when you are there. Um, I had a, a client, I'm going to reference a lot of conversations that I've had. I, I had a client, you know, say something like, well, why didn't I feel this way back then? Or like, why is this still affecting me? And, and because it, because it wasn't time, it wasn't time to go through this. You had to get through what you were going through until you were in a place where we can process it. And there's so many different ways to process this, but once you feel psychologically and physically safe, that is the time to get therapy. Now, taking the step towards therapy, ask anybody around you. I have people who message me from all over the country about seeking services. And that's the awesome thing about, um, being an LCSW, a licensed clinical social worker, is that's, that's what I do. Like I can help you find services in your area. So ask people around you, if you know a friend who is in therapy and like they see their therapist and they love their therapist, like, Hey, is your therapist taking any, are they taking any new patients or does your therapist know anyone who is taking new patients? I get that question a lot um, from a lot of, from someone I know personally who maybe might not feel comfortable speaking to me directly because we have that personal connection. That's okay. If you don't feel comfortable speaking with me, I honor that. I respect that. I love that. I, I, I will give you names of my colleagues. I will help you find the help that you need. Um, ask whoever resonates with you, whether that is your, your friend, your mom, your dad, your uncle, a coworker anyone. And if another thing you can do is just Google therapists in your areas, check out, like go to their websites, like check out the aesthetic, check out their, their mission statements and like what they do and what they believe in. And if that resonates with you, you know, reach out. Um, the number one thing that I suggest for people is look for somebody who is licensed. Um, therapy, the, the word therapist for whatever reason has, I feel like it has somehow become a very, um, loosely used word. Um, and people don't know 
the different licensures. So I live in Indiana. So in, in my state, we have LCSWs, which is me. We have LMHCs, which is a licensed mental health counselors. We have LMFTs, licensed marriage family therapists. They're so, just look for somebody who's licensed because they are going to have the education and the clinical background. I think with all of these, um, it goes back to the influencers, man. It always, always goes back to the influencers. I think there's these people and it's, it's a scary world. There's these people who like, uh, uh, advertise themselves as like marriage expert or, um, a mindset coach. What the fuck is that? What is that? Like, what, what, what is that? Like, what the fuck is a mindset coach? Did you come up with that when you were on your, your shift on Barbados? Like, what is, what does this mean? Like, what, what is that? Um, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to offend anybody. There's just, there's a time and a place for those people. But I don't think when you're wanting like actual therapy, that is the time and the place. All these people getting, you know, six week or six month certificates, that's, it's, it's scary and it can be dangerous. So look for somebody licensed and if they have a bunch of letters after their name and you don't know what that means google it and see like what it what would it take to get an lcsw or an lmft or an lcac or lmhc or, or whatever you know just do research please or ask someone to or ask someone to help you do research ask ask the questions, please, please. Please and thank you. <laughs> please, please, and, please and thank you. My hashtag, hashtag mindset coach. Hashtag mindset coach. <laughs> yeah, it's so important to, to really do, really do research and dive into anything that you, that you are inspired to get into or to try or want to get into. And we dive, we talked about this a little bit in the last episode I recorded as well when referencing plant medicines and psychedelics is that do your research, know where you want to go, know what your intention is. What is your why? Why do I want to, what it, what help am I seeking? Why do I want to seek help? And what does that look like for me? Absolutely. Cause there, there is totally a time and a place for wellness coaches or, um, business coaches. Like there's totally a time and a place for those people. Like those professions and those conversations are 100% needed. I, I just think we have to, like you said, what is the intention? Are we looking to do some deep clinical psychological shit mm -hmm. or do I just want or do I just want some help budgeting my finances like mm -hmm. what what are what are we doing here am I wanting like am I wanting a hype man or am I wanting someone to to really dive deep and do some shadow work and mm -hmm. do some some clinical clinical therapy like what what is the intention here so yeah just being aware of that and then knowing where to ask for help. And if you don't know where to ask for help, ask someone to ask for help, like ask someone for help or, or do research. Yeah. And asking for help can be, you know, the hardest part when you're in the depths of those shadows and in that darkness. And it feels like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. I've been there and I felt those experiences and I know that it can be really challenging to seek out to a friend or to family or you know, whatever it is. So maybe if there's something that feels like it's been on your heart and it's been on your mind, starting doing the research now, starting to look for people that resonate with you now. So that way, you know, maybe when you go through that next pathway of some really deep shadow work, you can reach out to someone and you can say, okay, maybe this is my sign to start diving back into therapy or coaching or, you know, whatever it is that you're seeking. But yeah, as a therapist, I'm, I'm interested to ask you um, if you feel comfortable sharing how you transmute and kind of, do you ever feel overtaken by your client's emotions or their traumas or experiences? And how do you move through that and kind of recognize what's your own? There's so much to that. <laughs> There's so much to that. Um, I, and I, I love that you asked that 
I love that you asked that question. Um, it is an important question. It is a very important question, a very important topic. Um, um, to answer, answer <laughs> very surface level, yes. Um, as, as therapists, we, you know, we, we are, we are, <laughs> I am human. I am woman. Um, we have traumas. I have traumas. I have things. I'm not going to speak for everyone. I'm going to speak for myself. Um, I have traumas. I have things, um, that, yeah, they're so in the therapy world, we call that, um, transference where something a, a client says can kind of make us feel some type of way or affect us. Countertransference would be when the, when the therapist, you know, does that to the client. But as far as transference speaking, um, yes. And that is something that I, I learned in grad school when I was getting my master's in social work is that like that, that is a thing. Like that is 100% a thing and it is okay. So as going through my own personal journey, that was something that I, I had to accept that, that like, I'm going to experience transference and I, I have, um, the main, the main thing for me, and, and I've been in, I've been in the field of mental health for 10 years and I have worked with the most mentally ill of my community for eight of those years. So you can only imagine the the things that I've seen, the things that I've heard, the clients that I have had to work with. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to use labels, but just, just very bad things have happened to these people or these people have done very bad things. And, and I have to work with that client. That is my job. That is the purpose. That is what I'm here to do. Um, that was never really a problem for me until I had children. And that done fucked me up, girl, done fucked me up. Uh, God, I was always, um, I'm an Aries. I'm an Aries sun. Okay, you're shaking your head, yes. I am an Aries sun. I am here, like, let's, Aries sun, Leo moon, let's get the job done. What are we gonna do? I'm not, like, my bullshit is over here. I'm here, like, very fire, very motivated, very energetic, fire sun, fire moon. If you wanna get even more into it, I'm a Libra rising. So oh. like, oh, hello. we're going to, yes, <laughs> lots of energy. Um, I was always able to put myself and my feelings aside and get what needs to be done until I had children. Um, and I will say that the thing that affects me the most is, gosh, the story. I, I'm like, I have chills just thinking about it. Um, the, and I will, I will share something because I believe in sharing because that is how we connect. Um, my son was born in, in 2015. Um, he was born five weeks early. He had to stay in the NICU for a week. Um, just really not how a first time mom like wants to have that experience. So, um, that was really hard to navigate. Um, after that, everything changed. Um, 13 months later, I found out I was pregnant with my daughter. That was fun. I was like, what? I was like, how did this happen? What is this? I know how that happens. Um, my daughter was breached. We found out when I was 34 weeks pregnant that she was breached. I had a C-section at 36 weeks. Um, long story short, uh, it was a very, very traumatizing C-section. Um, she almost didn't make it. Um, we did not know like what life was going to look like for her. She's, she's totally fine now. Um, but there were a lot of complications to her birth and we are very happy, very lucky, very blessed that Lily is alive. Um, and that Lily is just living her best life. Like go Lily. I took three months off of work and I came back to work and my, my supervisor and all the other therapists were like, oh my gosh, like how, how, how was the birth? How was everything? And I was not in a place to, I was like, it was fine. Everything was fine. And they're like, did you have any troubles? I'm like, no, it was perfect. Like the, I gave birth and like unicorns came out of the corner. And then like, there was a rainbow, like <laughs> over, <laughs> there was a rainbow over the bed. Um, and then the shaman appeared and there was like a waterfall behind him. Um, just, it was great. Like it was, it was fucking great. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. And I'm like, yeah, it was. 
that lasted that whole that whole facade lasted um for about three months and I was um partnered up with a client this client um had young children so the 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 supervisor there thought that like I would be a good match for her um she came to see me because her infant son um had passed away and almost the same thing that happened to him is what happened to Lily. I lost my shit, uh, lost it. And that was, I guess, kind of my first dose of, hey, when you're a therapist and you're going through shit, you need to deal with it because there's also clients who go through that. And when they talk about that in therapy while it's coming up for them, it's also gonna come up for you. So we're sitting there doing this intake. She's sobbing hysterically. I'm sobbing hysterically. And it kind of worked out because that we were able to like navigate through that. Um, she said that really comforted her to see that emotional reaction from me, um, just so she didn't feel so alone. And so she didn't feel uh, like her emotions were inappropriate because I was also responding. What she did not know was that I was also responding to my own trauma. Um, that I had not processed because like I said, the rainbows and the unicorn and the, you know, the shaman, they were all there. Uh, and so, so that does happen and, and it's okay. And yes, there are, there are times where I will be in session with someone and what, what someone is telling me, it, it triggers me and it stirs things, things up because, you know, I, I am a spiritual being having this human experience too. And when, when two spirits experience the same human experience, that can really be triggering for, for both. So I remind myself constantly that like, I, I am, I am, this is, this is a client space. And I, I've over the, over the past decade, I've become very good at like, yes, I'm feeling this, these things, but I'm going to close this down for now because this is most certainly not the time and the place to be experiencing these and, and to be going through this. Like I, I, I am here for my client right now. And I hold that to the, to the utmost respect and to the utmost meaning that is very important to me. And it's a skill, like I said, over the decade, I've, I've learned how to do that. Um, but I have to practice self-care. That is something that I have to do. I do, um, I do hot yoga. That is something very regularly. I, because it, it, the energy, the energy that I have, and then the energy that, um, sometimes I can absorb from clients. I try not to do that. And there's certain practices that I do. Um, I use Florida water as I'm sitting here holding this Florida water. Um, that is a cleansing property that, or excuse me, a cleansing tool that I use before and after sessions. Um, I'm very good about like washing my hands with Epsom salt and different types of essential oils. Um, I just use essential oils. I have crystals everywhere to kind of absorb energy. So I am very, very good. And that's something that I also learned in my Reiki training is how to, you know, which is all about physical touch is how to kind of have that block while still remaining empathetic, sympathetic, and present, but still having that separation. But yeah, there's, there's things that bleed through that barrier and that's okay. We're all human. So I have to do, um, I do yoga just to kind of get that energy out, you know, work it through my body. Um, I did CrossFit for a long time. I recently kind of walked away from that. It was just a little too intense for, for my Aries sun and my Leo moon and throw CrossFit in there. And it just was a dumpster fucking fire. Um, so just, just practicing self-care, but also, um, just under, understanding that, that this is going to happen when, when we are in the, the business of speaking with people and connecting with people and working with people. Um, that's going to happen. And I've learned sometimes it can be, it, it can be cathartic for the client to, to see that in me and just, and, and I've had so many clients, you know, there have been times where I have reacted and I've apologized and the client was like, no, thank you for doing that because that's how I reacted. And I feel less crazy because that's how you reacted. You reacted the same way I reacted. And that makes me feel better. So sometimes it's, it's okay to kind of 
explore that and like let that out and, and, and let, let them see that. Yeah. And express your emotions and not be just like this hard wood plank. That's like, oh. how, does, how, <laughs> how did that make me feel? How the fuck do you think that makes me feel like, <laughs> like <what>? shit. <laughs> it makes me feel like shit. <laughs> like, <gasps> um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's how I do that self care and just let it, letting that be known, letting, letting my reactions be known. Sometimes, sometimes it's helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm, love that so much. Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> yeah. I, I just enjoyed this conversation so, so much today. Uh, <laughs> so much. Um, before we go ahead and wrap up this podcast, is there any other stories or any offerings that you have that you would like to share with our listeners? It's interesting you ask that because it's something that I do in my sessions. Um, whenever I whenever I end a session with a, a client, I always say, here are some take-homes that I would like for you. Obviously, you know, you can take what resonates with you, leave the rest. Um, the take-home, here are some take-homes that I would like for you listeners from a <laughs> licensed clinical psychotherapist. Um, for starters, when you are triggered by someone or something, please take that as an opportunity to look inward. That, that is a gift. Being triggered is a gift. That is literally the universe pointing something out to you. Hey, hey man, you might want to fucking work on this because it, it could cause some problems later in life. So like, let's get this shit taken care of now. That is a gift. That is, that is an opportunity for you to look inward. So please do it in whatever capacity that means. Um, please remember that we are all mirrors of each other and what you feel and experience is what other people feel and experience. And, and I just believe there, there is, there is God, there is source, there is, there is spirit in, in everyone. And let's just, let's take that as an opportunity to experience God or spirit or source or whatever you want to call that when you interact with people. Um, and then lastly, please ask for help. If you need help, I will help you somebody local to you will help you. There are, there are hotlines, like, please ask for help. This is a completely unprecedented time that nobody was prepared for. I'll tell I, they didn't go over this in grad school, how to be a therapist in a pandemic. They like forgot that chapter. Um, <laughs> so you're not alone. Like you're not alone in, in feeling this and, and ask for help. Some, someone out there is waiting to help you. They're waiting to answer that call. Please pick up the phone. Somebody will answer that call. Oh, I love that so, so much. That last little <laughs> tidbit was such magic. I had a mentor <laughs> one time who shared a similar knowledge with me that was like, your ideal client is waiting for you to literally have, you know, to present your offerings and, and be who you are and, mm -hmm. and vice versa as a client, like your ideal therapist or person is out there waiting for you to just pick up the phone and call. Yeah. And just answer the call. Yes. I love that. Thank you so much for being here, Sarah. It's been such an honor to share this space with you. So, so grateful. Thank you. <laughs> That's a wrap for today's episode of the Plant Lady Podcast. Please remember you can head to the description part of this podcast to check out all of the links to Sarah's amazing offerings, including the link to her social media. And I just want to say thank you all so, so much for the thoughtful reviews that you have been leaving us. It has been such an honor to read them and to feel you all enjoying these episodes as much as I do. I will see you on the next episode. Thank you. I love you.